learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Win Hers United. This is Season 7, Episode 7, entitled, Allow Yourself to Be Unboxed, with Dorothy P. Wilson. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I believe that business, mindset, personal development, and self-care are the four pillars to entrepreneurial success. This is why Winhurst United is your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations with winning women of color entrepreneurs. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and write us a review if Winhurst United has made an impact on your life. Today, we will hear from an amazing powerhouse in the media. Dorothy P. Wilson is an author, brand strategist, coach, publisher, and speaker with 22 years of entrepreneurial experience. She's also the founder of Gulf Coast Woman. Dorothy's mission is to empower women to step outside of their comfort zone, unbox themselves and walk in the greatness they were created to be. She serves as the president of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce. She has been named the Women Business Champion of the Year, and she's received numerous awards, such as the Tom Tandler Lifetime Achievement Award. I am so excited to learn from and about Dorothy and I hope you are as well. All right, so Dorothy, welcome. We're excited to have you today and learn more about you. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. I have been watching you from afar in your podcast for quite some time. So it is my privilege to join you and your audience today. Awesome, thank you for that. All right, so let's get started by you telling us about your background and what you currently do professionally. Okay. So I am a publisher by trade. I've been in the publishing industry for 36 years. My passion is empowering women. So obviously the things that I publish, Gulf Coast Woman Magazine, which is a regional magazine, reaching about 65,000 people each issue, and Gulf Coast Weddings Magazine, another one of my products, and then also book projects that I have done, such as Unboxed, all of those are focused on inspiring women, empowering women. So that is my passion. I'm a Southern girl, originally from Georgia, came to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. A lot of people don't realize that we're on the beach here, but we're on the beach. Came to Mississippi to run the newsroom at the local newspaper and gradually over time began to migrate toward what I love doing, which is special projects magazines, book projects, that type of thing. Was involved with the Pulitzer Prize winning team at the Sun Herald right after Katrina, and then also launched a magazine for the newspaper company, which was my first magazine project back in 2005, 2006. And I was so very proud of that publication. It was named Best in the State four years in a row. And that was when I was bitten by the magazine bug. And so I have been in that lane really hard ever since. I also am an author and a speaker. And I love empowering. And one of the efforts that I'm most proud of is the Success Women's Conference, which is one of the top professional women events in the country. I hear some people say it is the top women's conference. I don't like to, like to uh, get too far out there on the limb, but very proud of that effort. We're in our sixth year with that. Okay, nice, nice. A very large and diverse background, right? Yes, yes. All right, so tell us how you ended up in the magazine profession or give maybe some tips for any women that are listening that would want to go into that realm. Well, I'll share something that I think is really important about magazine publishing. A lot of people may not quite grasp this, but magazines are an opportunity for you to amplify not only your brand and your message, 
but you're creating a stage for other women to begin to share their voice, to elevate their brand. And that's one of the things that as someone who empowers and coaches, that's one of the things I help other folks with. You know, if you, if you really are um, interested in being, becoming more of a influencer, you can do that through publishing. And so that's one little tip that I want to put out there. The reason that I'm passionate about magazines is magazines are just like a person. A magazine has a personality. A magazine has a passion. It has a purpose. It has a feel. It has a look. There's a lot of creativity to it. It has functionality. It's a living and breathing organism, more so than any type of other media. It has such an ability to affect its audience, whether in a tangible, you know, printed format or whether it's in a digital format. I just love magazines. I love being able to offer the opportunity to other women to be heard and to be seen. And I laugh about this all the time. It's like, I feel like Oprah and you get a cover and you get a cover and you get a cover. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. I love the correlation of a magazine equating to a person. I've never thought of it like that, but I like that. And it makes sense, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So let's go back in time a bit and tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up. Wow. When I was in high school, finishing up, I applied at the University of Georgia to be a psychology major. Hmm. And as a young girl, I was very shy and introvert and I loved people watching. And I just had just a, a significant interest in understanding what made people tick? Why did they do what they did? And I wanted to understand the internal, what is going on there? What's, what's causing that person to speak like that, to behave that way? And my last quarter of school, semester or whatever it was back, back in the day, that was a long time ago, I needed one more elective. And I decided that I was not going to risk my GPA. I was an overachiever in high school. And so I said, well, you know, I'm really good in writing and literature and all that stuff. So I'll join the newspaper staff and I'll take that as a class. And it really was kind of a, on a whim. Before then I did a lot of journaling. I wrote poetry, that type of thing, loved literature, loved writing essays and that type of thing, but never saw myself as a media person. Anyway, got into that class and no one wanted to do any work. And I have just a really solid hard work ethic. And so between classes, lunch breaks, before school started, after school started, the teacher, she had a desk sitting outside her door. And I would just go out there and I'd type, I'd put together the whole newspaper. And and I just loved what I was doing. It gave me access to people. And I could go from looking at them afar and trying to assess them to actually being a person in authority who I could ask questions. I could actually, you know, be the one to interview them. And so that was the thing right there. It really got me. And so at the last minute, I changed my major to communications. Attended the University of Georgia, worked for the Brady School of Journalism's newspaper, got out, got a job at my hometown paper, and just got in that lane and started running hard. I started out as a reporter and then very quickly moved over to the managerial side in the newspaper realm and design, creating processes, love getting my hands in all of that. But the magazine part came later and that came as a result of my love of managing projects. Mm-hmm. And after Katrina hit the Mississippi Gulf Coast, the publisher at the time that he wanted to create a magazine that celebrated everything that was still wonderful about the Mississippi Gulf Coast because so much had been lost. Mm-hmm. And I you know, didn't know much about magazines at that point. I knew everything about newspapers, knew a little bit about books. And so I started studying what everybody else was doing and, and just looking around and asking a lot of questions. I actually went up to Birmingham where they published Southern Living Magazine and Cottage Living. And that experience was a hoot. I thought I was going up there to learn from them and interview them. And all they wanted to know was how was I producing such a fine publication 
such a quality publication with a staff of like two and borrowed photographers. <laughs> wow, wow. So that's how, that, that's how that journey started. Okay, thanks for that. That's funny because I can see how the people watching relates over into everything you're doing now, right? So it's like, we never know how the bigger picture is coming together by the smaller pieces, right? Yes, yes. So later on down the line, I love that happenstance of you just needing to fill in a class. Yes, yes. Ah, uh, I love that. Awesome. Stroke of, of destiny, didn't even realize it at that time. <laughs> yes, yes. And even, right, like we may at times underestimate ourselves, right? But when you find someone that you look up to and find out that they're watching you or wanting to know about what you do, that's sort of like a confidence booster, right? Yeah. It, it lets you know that you're on the right path. So that's awesome as well. Yeah. All right. So tell us about the kind of childhood you had. Well, that's a big part of my story. And I didn't get into this when you asked me why magazines and why what I do now. But I have a, a huge dramatic story behind all of that. As a young girl, I grew up in a home where my, my dad was a weekend alcoholic. He was very abusive. And I watched my mother, who was just a wonderful person, smart, witty, could do anything, work hard, really love people. And I saw her not have the opportunity to realize her fullest potential. And for me, as a young girl, I was the youngest of six children. There was nothing I could do to affect that drama that was around me. And I felt like I had tape on my mouth and my hands were behind my back. And so restrained, boxed, so to speak, and hence unboxed for the name of my book project last year. But with that said, I want to do everything that is in my power and capacity to help unbox women, to help take the tape off of their mouths, to help untie their hands so that they can understand that who they are is not just about their job title. It's not just about whether they have a college degree. It's not just about what their boss told them or said that they were good at. It's not just about the negative things that people spoke over them and said, well, you'll never do that. And so they've confined or they've limited themselves as a result of that. Each woman has so much power and influence inside of her. And if she can reach into that and grab hold of it and go forward with it, then she will be actually becoming and being the real woman that she was meant to be. And so... All of that is inspired of my, out of my childhood and watching my mother and, and seeing all of the wonderful qualities that were in her and those qualities not being allowed to bloom. Hmm. Okay. Thanks for sharing that and getting transparent. I love how like we experience pain or we see pain and then if we're brave enough, we turn that pain into a purpose or we try to solve that problem, right? So I can definitely relate to feeling like I didn't have a voice, right? And then now with this platform, I'm able to talk and talk and continue to talk, right? And allow other people the chance to talk as well. So yeah. I definitely see how that plays a role in what you do. And I think it's amazing. One of the things that I say often since COVID struck is obstacles equal opportunities. And I think, you know, throughout my life, because of my childhood, that's the way I greet the day. There are going to be obstacles. Uh, it's all about how you decide you want to see them. Mm, okay. I love that. All right. So tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today. Yes. Yes, I can do that. So running hard in the media corporate lane, very successful about, you know, one position away from being publisher in a major newspaper chain. And newspapers started to make significant cutbacks in staffing. And in my mind, I saw myself as an essential cog in the wheel. And I knew that lots of people were being laid off. It's a very sad situation. I myself had one department, a creative department that I took from 21 people down to two people. 
And so, you know, I, I saw the trends, I was living the trends, I was stressing and, and you know, going through those trends. But uh, honestly, in my mind, I saw myself when the last two people walked out the door and the chains were put on the locks that I would be one of the ones who would be either holding the lock or put the key in to lock it because I did so much. You know, ran several departments, was involved even with departments outside of my area of influence because I was really good at what I did. I was good with with people. I was good with processes and systems. And so oftentimes I was calling to help. Well, about two years before it was my time to, to walk out the door or walk the plank, so to speak, I really started to feel inside that it was time for me to make a switch. But I couldn't do it. I was afraid. I had invested so many years into newspapers and, you know, I made a, a good salary. It was, I, I like to describe it this way. I was on crack and I was, <laughs> I was not ready to get off the crack. So anyway, the day came, uh, the publisher called me in and said, you know, he was going to be folding some of the projects that I had been working on. And he said, and with that, we're going to be eliminating your position. And as a person who is accustomed to obstacles, I wasn't really shaken. I'm used to having to deal with a lot of difficulty. And so I just said, okay, there must be a reason if this door is closing, something else is opening. And literally had a smile on my face. People kept coming to my office saying, I'm so, I feel so bad for you. I can't believe this is happening. And I, it was like a funeral. It was like they were coming to the wake and I was still alive. And I'm looking at them and comforting them and saying, hey, it's going to be okay. <laughs> so long story short, left there, got home, and here's the pivot. The easy thing for me to do the call would have been to get another corporate position. Because if you are um, trained as a communicator, you, there are so many jobs that you can be effective in, you know, big companies, though, that was the obvious thing to do, you know, apply at the power company, apply, you know, here or whatever. And something on the inside kept telling me, no, don't go back into that box because that's what it was. It was a box. Mm. And so I began to just look around and said, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to allow fear to crush me. I'm going to see what's out there. And as it turned out, people started knocking down my door, asking me to help with marketing and branding, which they recognized that I was really effective at that. Then projects that I had created, those had to be marketed. And so I helped a lot of people in the community. And so very soon I told my husband, I'm going to have to get an office. Otherwise, we're going to go broke from me meeting people in restaurants because I don't want them to come to my house. And so I moved out, got an office, launched a marketing business. Bam, just like that. And then the next thing people started telling me that, a local publication that had been around for a while was for sale. And I could not find it. I couldn't locate a copy of it. I'd seen it before. I knew it existed. It was a very small publication. And one day I was driving on the main artery here, and I heard God speak to me, really heard him. And he said, pursue Gulf Coast Woman. And I was angry, Nicole. I wanted to get out of my car right there in six lanes of traffic and yell at the sky and said, I have been looking for that publication <laughs> for two weeks now. Where is it? And so the next day I walked into a building to go to a board meeting and there was a big stack of Gulf Coast Mormon magazine. It was a, it was a newsprint publication tab size. It wasn't glossy, you know, staple or anything. It was a small, small, you know, smaller publication, I, you know, walked in, saw copies of it and literally just stood there with tears running down my face because of what had happened the day before. And I knew God was saying, yes, you heard me and I'm going to point you to it. Picked it up, called a woman who owned it. We met from day one. We were like sisters. We hit it off. Long story short, over time, I bought a 50% share. And then over time, she said, I really just, I have too much on my plate. I just kind of need to get away from this. And I finally just convinced her, please keep five shares because you invested so many years in this and, mm -hmm. and regret this later. And so that's how I became a, a magazine owner. <laughs> wow. That gave me chills listening to your story, right? I love that. And I'm just amazed. You searched for two weeks. 
and then walk into a building and it's right there like hey there it is. right ah oh, i love how everything falls in line like when you're walking in alignment or when something's meant for you yes. you won't have to dig to find it like it'll smack you in the face right so it's up to you on whether or not you are willing to follow the smack you know or allow it to pass you by right i call it god tackling you with blessings yes runs you down yes i love that all right so tell us about what you're currently doing to improve yourself personally or professionally okay right right well one thing is is a lot of people are pressing pause because of covid and they're taking a wait and see and i just keep encouraging encouraging and coaching people no you need to press play and you need to press uh press it hard mm. and so for me in this season, things that I have been thinking about for months, things I've been thinking about for years, things that were even on my strategic plan for next year, I am saying now is the time. Um, there's a big shift in everything. There's a big shift in media. People are spending more time uh, digitally, virtually. Mm -hmm. And so I have launched a ton of things, including an online show, a new digital business, an affiliate to my print components, and social media components that my business offers and then also a coaching program that i am so 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 very excited about i am coaching career women on how to become unstoppable how to become successful beyond their wildest dreams and it really goes back to the unlocks i want to help unbox women i want to unbox them so they can become the complete and total success that they're capable of, of becoming. And so uh, working with the coach on that, because I wanna do it well, I wanna do it right. The other thing that I'm working on is, even though my magazine company is a regional brand, there are many national companies who want to target women in this region. And mm -hmm. so I see the opportunity there to be able to help them target audiences within this region so really excited about that and then at home i'm working on creating my own personal backyard vacation spot you know everybody needs to reset more often now because the world i call it COVID crazy we're all COVID crazy and i keep you know bumping into people who are like i just need to take a, a long weekend i need to take a break while well, i'm creating my break in my backyard so that I can enjoy that and it's given me some things to focus on you know on days when i'm not as busy i don't know when those days are but i'm telling myself in my head there are days when i'm not as busy. <laughs> so i i'm working on balance i'm working on growing my main business but i'm also working on adding new platforms where i can reach more women than i'm reaching now i want to be able to have a global impact but that's not about me. That is about what I feel that, that I'm called to do. That is about my purpose. It's not about money. It's not about, you know, my name being in lights. I don't care about that. I just want to sleep well at night and I want to honor my mom's memory and I want to honor what she has inspired in me. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. I love your encouragement to keep pushing, right? Cause it is, unforeseen times it is trying times yeah. but it's also opportunity to do some great things right like we have a lot of time on our hands yes and guess what you know especially in the virtual arena people don't hold you to the high standard you know one of the things that kept me from launching my online show was i was like you know you know it's got it has to be excellent that's part of my brand that's how i do things well guess what that same level of excellence people are not looking for that they're looking for content mm -hmm. and they're more focused on content right now and so that's an opportunity that's an open door for people who are listening to this hear that that is an open door okay yeah you don't overthink scared it and you can do it uh raggedy not real <laughs> raggedy, but a little bit raggedy 
Yes, yes. And I love your backyard space, right? Like I, I got a lanai and it was all I feel like God's timing. Like I literally live on my lanai. If I wasn't doing this yeah, interview with you right now, <laughs> right? I would be on my lanai, right? Because it gives that indoor outdoor vibe. And since yeah. we can't go out as much, right? It's a great way to get some peace and not feel so constricted under these constricted times, right? That's right. I love that. All right. Hey, it's me, Nicole, jumping in and taking Dorothy's advice to unbox myself. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, I've opened my calendar for podcast launch consultations. Go to bit.ly forward slash win her dash pod call. And that's with a capital W, a capital H, a capital P and a capital C. I would love to see if I can help you out. So tell us about your morning routine. Okay. I want to have quiet time in the morning where I can reflect. I want to hear God. I want to talk to him. He's my friend. And I just want to have a little time where I can talk to him and I can at least try to hear from him. I like to ask him in the mornings, what would he have me accomplish for that day? Because oftentimes in our busyness and in our calendars and our checklists and our to-do list, we lose sight of what is important every day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what what is important to God and and what he would have me to do has nothing to do with what's on my to-do list. And sometimes what I hear from him is simply call someone and check on them, Mm -hmm. send them a text message, drop a, a fruit basket off to someone. Or make sure you take the time to check in on this staff member today. Those are the kinds of things. They're simple things. And they always have to do with people. Those are the kinds of things that are important. And sometimes we lose sight of those things in our busyness and our, you know, morning prep. So I I like to just kind of wake up and and just kind of lie there for a little bit, um, have some quiet time. And then I like to listen to an audio one-year Bible. Because I can stop it and write down notes and, and whatever. And I, I'm a night owl by nature from all those years working in newspapers. So I tell my husband, don't try to talk to me about anything before 10 o'clock. I'm an introvert by nature. But when I say that, nobody believes me. No one will believe that. But that's my introverted time where I don't want to talk to anyone. I just kind of want to feel. I want to be at that time. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. I love the fact that you are realizing every part of yourself and finding ways to nurture those parts, right? Because we have different parts and and we do have to find a way to make sure that we're whole in every one of those areas, right? So I can relate to people not realizing, like I tell people I'm shy and they're like, where? And I'm like, I really am, you know? (laughs) You know, I see so many women they just pour, 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 pour. And, and, and the thing is, is that, guess what? What, over time, what you're pouring out is not nearly as good. It's not nearly as impactful. It's not nearly as influential if you have not had a chance to have yourself poured into mm-hmm. and filled. You can't pour out goodness if what's on the inside of you is strife struggle, I'm tired, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I'm bitter. You don't have good stuff to pour out. And so you have to be refilled. You have to refill your, you have to be intentional about being filled up yourself so that you can pour it to others. Yes. Thanks for that. I love it. All right. So tell us about the last book that you read or listened to. Oh, wow. I really like listening to books more so than others. And then even more so than books, I like podcasts (laughs) because they're dynamic and I get to hear different perspectives, different positioning, different viewpoints on things. And so I love Craig Rochelle. It's one of my favorite podcasts. He has a leadership podcast. And um, even though he's in ministry, his books and his podcasts are about leadership in general. And I love the simplicity of what he teaches. He lifts you above the day in and day out. And he's able to help you to think about or see something 
from a different perspective, a simplified perspective. It's like, well, if you boil all of this down, here's the nut of the matter. And so I really love that. I love listening to T.D. Jakes because he's such a, a great orator. And I'm, and I'm a word person and I'm a communicator person. So his message is great, but even beyond the message, I am actually studying how he tells stories, mm. how he chooses his words, the, the order in which he shares. All of that is fascinating to me. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. I love that spin, right? Because a book is not necessarily the only way that you can learn and grow. Right, and podcasts are a great way. Yes, I love it. Thanks for that. All right, so do you use personal affirmations? A lot of personal affirmations. And Nicole, you know, when you think about how I grew up, there was just a lot of negative energy on the inside of me. There was a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness. And once I develop a really close relationship with God and begin to really study the word on a daily basis and really begin to talk to God, I began to understand better who I was through his eyes. Mm. And I think that every day we have to see ourselves that way because if we see ourselves through how the world and other people see us, we're going to be damaged goods. And that really, really impacts us. And, you know, again, that was what the Unbox Book Project was about is oftentimes as, as girls, you know, we're more sensitive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes hurtful things are said to us. Negative words are spoken of. Simple things like, you can't ever get it right. And here it is 20 years later. Mm-hmm. And we realize that we're still being impacted by something that was said to us when we were 10 years old probably wasn't even that serious or meant that way, but it grafted itself to our very soul and our very being, our very existence is being informed by those negative words that were spoken over us. And so, you know, one of the, one of the earliest things that really just, I got a revelation out of the Bible Bible was in Psalms where it talks about being the apple of God's eye, the apple of his eye. And, you know, you, you're going to think this is crazy. I just kind of had a breakdown that day, just cried and sobbed because of who my dad was in the community. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a young girl, people saw me through that lens mm-hmm. and there was a lot of shame and embarrassment over his actions and things that he did. And so I did not see or understand myself worth. And to to begin to understand that I was a daughter of the king, that he saw me as so special. That was the first thing that really began to unbox me. And I just began to like open up like a flower. And I was so thirsty. The ground was so dry that I just devoured the word of God, just began to just eat it. I would be mad when it was time for me to go to work in the afternoon because it was like, I'm still, you know, I'm still meditating on this. I'm still, you know, looking on this. So as far as affirmation, one of the things that I say to myself, as a woman thinking, so is she. Mm. And so every day I am careful to make sure what I'm thinking, what I'm allowing to populate, to take up space here, that it is positive, that it is life-giving, that it is focused on the main thing. I want to think on those things that are pure, that are lovely and, and of a good report. And you have to work at that, you know? And so that's one of my daily affirmations. Another affirmation is something that comes from Les Brown. You have greatness within you. And that is not to puff up myself. It's not out of pride. But if I understand that I have greatness within me, then I can go do great things and I can overcome fear. And I also can look right over the naysayer's head because I'm looking at a vantage point that says I have greatness within me instead of the negativity and the obstacles that are right there in front of me. Those are some of the things that travel through my conscience on a regular basis. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And that's a 
great point that the Bible does have a lot of affirmations for us, right? Telling yeah. us the way we should be thinking, what we should be believing. And I yeah. do agree that affirmations, it's a rewiring, especially if you didn't necessarily grow up being told how great you were, you know, or saw that example. That doesn't mean that you can't teach yourself how to think like that and retrain your brain, right? So that's what I love about it. And, you know, as women, we tend to be nurturers and we do so much for so many others. But oftentimes we don't get the miracle grow fertilizer and the, the extra water and nobody comes in and works the soil up so that, you know, we can have more room to stretch out and to spread out. And nobody takes our pot and sit us, you know, out to catch some of the rainwater or to put us in a sunnier spot. And, you know, sometimes we get so focused on, on nurturing and taking care of others that we're not taking care of ourselves and we lose sight of who we are and we become boxed in by others' expectations and others' descriptions of who we are. And it's like, oh, okay, you're the such and such person and you're the this and you do this. And it's like, no, those are only aspects of who I am. Those are things I do, but that's not who I am. Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right. So tell us about the toughest struggle that you had to overcome and how you've overcame. Wow. I would say is learning to stand up for myself. Mm. So recall what my mother went through and how she stayed in that for years. And then as a teenager, I had a lot of anger and bitterness in me because it was like, why did she stay? Why did she allow herself to be abused? Why did she allow her children to be abused? Why did she stay? A lot of anger, like a lot of anger. And then later on, as I developed a relationship with God and began to, to understand that I was not the angry, bitter woman, that I actually was, was sweet and lovable and kind and had a big giving heart, there was this conflict or this struggle within me to try to find that balance of being giving because I had every reason to give. I had every reason to be kind to others because I've saw, I've seen the side of what it looks like when people aren't that way. And then this other thing over here where people use and abuse you, people are jealous of you. They say, you know, negative things about you or they try to block you. You know, I went through some years of just kind of like deflecting it and in my mind saying it doesn't impact me or it doesn't affect me or it's okay. You know, that's their point of view. It has nothing to do with me. But what I found was that still was not a good place of balance. And I've had to grow into more of a grown woman where it is like, Yes, that is about you, that you, you have bitter and bitterness and anger and jealousy about me, but I'm going to stop you right here and you're not going to say that to me or about me in certain arenas, in certain atmospheres, and I'm not going to stand and allow you to do that. Mm. And so that is kind of against my nature. I don't want to be mean to people and I don't want to be difficult, but I have had to learn to stand up for myself and say, no, this is not cool. And, and no, I, I have the option of no longer allowing myself to be in your presence or in your sphere of influence. Uh, no, I don't have to continue to do extra for you when you don't appreciate or value what I bring to a partnership or a relationship or a friendship or whatever. Uh, that is that has been really difficult for me. It it has stretched me, and I feel like I'm finally getting into a place where I have more of a sense of how to navigate that on a daily basis. Because by my very nature, I will just kind of like that's conflict. I'm just going to walk around that, and I've learned that sometimes no, you got it. You have to stand up with your sword. And look conflict in the eye and say, I'll cut your head off if you say that again. <laughs> I love it. You just encouraged me, right? Because I do like to avoid conflict. But I do agree with you that sometimes it's necessary, right? Because we can pretend 
that it doesn't bother us, but it does. And it can show up in the way that you interact with people. Oh, yeah. if it and, and, and you know, one of the things I've learned over the past year is that for some people, because they're broken inside, hurt people, hurt other people. Exactly. What ends up happening is, is they don't respect anything but conflict and chaos. Mm. On the inside of them, that is the place they live. And they think that people who don't want to engage in conflict or who, who don't want to be ugly by nature, they, they see them as weak. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. instead of them appreciating that you want to not fight or whatever, they actually go in more. They go in harder because they see you. It's like a bully, you know? Yeah. Like you, you seem like you're weak, so I'm just going to bully on up. You know, I'm going to power up over you. And that that was like, wow, that was a revelation for me. And so particularly in those kind of a situations, it's like you got to stop it at the door. Mm. You have to stop it at the door. Okay. I love that. That's like teaching people how to treat you, right? Like if you don't teach them, then they'll just do whatever they choose to do, right? Exactly. Those standards for yourself. Yeah. And 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 again, that's part of the unboxing. You you really have to understand the positioning and the space that you're standing in. Mm. And you have to protect that environment. And it's not protecting that environment if you are trying so hard to be oh so sweet and kind and Christian. All right. Thanks for that. So tell us about an aha moment that you had lately and how you changed as a result. A big aha for me was being more intentional about killing things that are dying on the vine. Mm. I'm a nurturer by nature. The cup is always, it is not only half full, but it's overflowing in Dorothy's world. That's just, you know, that's, that's how I, that's my, my, my view. And so getting to a place where I am willing to pull the plug on things quicker when they're not working and, and being more strategic and, you know, not just getting the metrics, not just measuring and not just putting pixels on things, but actually looking at it and saying, yes, it has value. It has, it has had some success, but Let's weigh that success. Is the amount and the level of gain worth the effort that is being put in over here on this side? Mm. And so it is, it's pulling the plug. That's the aha. It's, it's, it's okay to say, yes, we're making some money off of that, but no, it's not enough money. <laughs> That's a great business tip. Because, you know, Nicole, most of the time people saying, well, I'm still making, as long as I'm still making some money off of it, I'm going to do it. But how much effort and energy does it take from your organization? Mm. How much of your personal effort does it take? That's a great point. Yeah, and I like that. Like, I'm a numbers person, so I like how you mentioned not only pulling the metrics, right, but really analyzing them and the information that you need to get from them. That's a very great tip. Yes. All right. So tell us about a recommended resource that yeah. you use and how you utilize it. This is a real simple one. Jotform. Jotform has changed my life. When I discovered Jotform last year, I told one person one time, I was like, hey, if I, if I was not married to my husband for 35 years, I'd marry Jotform. There's so many efficiencies in Jotform and particularly for someone who you may not see yourself as a technical person or someone who can like, you know, delve in there and create workflows, automation and that kind of thing. There's so much you can do with the job form. You can set up surveys and you can set up registration, collect information, and then have it all integrated where it drops into Google Drive. It makes you a spreadsheet. You can have all the results from something go to multiple email addresses. Love job form. So that's just a, a, a quickie there. If you don't use job form, take a look at that. And even sometimes you may be doing a training or coaching and you say, I need a landing page for a special offer and you don't have time to get your person or you don't have time to create it. You can create a job form, put an image at the top and you, you can make it look like a landing page and just do you know a, a redirect to it from, from your URL. 
And so it's a handy little tool in a pinch where you want to get something done fast. I designed some t-shirts doing the protests after the George Floyd incident. And I text a few people and say, Hey, I'm going to wear these t-shirts to the protest. Would y'all like some like six or seven people? Well, I ended up getting an order for almost 50 t-shirts. So we showed up at the march. people started seeing them. And then more people that day on social media, my social media, like just blew up. People were like, how do I get those shirts? And everybody's like, Dorothy Wilson, Dorothy Wilson. And so it's over the weekend. I went in there and created my little job form for one of those photos off social media, dropped it in there and voila, they get placed their order. It's a real simple go-to. So uh, love job form. That was excellent. I'm like, look, I'm ready to go to job form myself. <laughs> I love that. And I love how you talked about all the different ways you can utilize it. I think I might've heard the name, but I haven't heard it described. The way that you described it, that is exactly what I'm looking for. And hopefully that inspires people to make their life easier because it's all about efficiency, right? And figuring out how you can get to the end goal without it costing a million dollars and without it making your whole head gray, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dorothy. So tell us some advice that you have for up and coming entrepreneurs. Up and coming entrepreneurs. Yes. Most important. Remember how successful I was for all of those years. And then I was laid off at age 50, you know, wow. Was, you know, the worst, like right after I turned 50, here's a big thing. You get in your lane and you're working hard, but I want you to lift up your head and not ask yourself, what job do you want because of the money that it gives you and the prestige that it gives you, you know, oh, I want doctor, I want the title of this, I'm going to get, you know, this, this degree or that degree, I'm going to get this training, I want this position and in my corporation. It's not about that. That is not real living. Real living is unboxing yourself, lifting your head up from what you do in the daily grind in your daily work, in your daily personal life, your daily community life, and asking yourself, what is it that I was made to do? What is it that I was created to do? And for me, it, it's empowering women, okay? Giving women a voice. I understand that. So once you understand what that is, every opportunity, measure it by the purpose. Mm. So someone comes and say, we want to promote you to X role. You need to ask yourself, does that further my purpose or is it just another distraction mm. to from where I'm supposed to be going? When someone comes and says, would you like to serve on this board or that board? Ask yourself, does it serve my purpose? How well does it serve my purpose? If you understand what your true purpose is, it will be a guiding light to you. It will keep you from stumbling. But also, instead of you working a job for money, work will become something that you love and that you're passionate about. And you'll never get up again dreading that you have to go in on a Monday. But you'll get up excited because you get to do and further what you were called to do. If I could just take that and pour it into people's heads, you know, <laughs> if I could sell it, I would. <laughs> I would. So many of us, we waste so many years of our lives doing something because we think it's going to impress someone else because the world, everybody else thinks it's, it's a big deal to be, you know, a doctor, to do this. You know, I have a, one son who's in the military. I have one who's a school teacher. And the one is a school who's a school teacher, top of his class was in, in high school, you know, high school did really well. In college, you know, top in the math department. And so many people told him, Oh, you need to go into engineering, you need to go into engineering. He just tried so hard to figure out how to go into engineering. And finally, you know, he got it. And I and I hope I've had some influence on him on him in this. And he said, I wanna teach. I want to teach. And there aren't very many black males in the classroom. So I'm so very proud of him. No, he's not making the money that he could have made as an engineer, but he's happy. 
Yeah. Every day he comes home and he tells me, he says, Mom, you know, when I played football, I put it all out there. I left it all on the field. And he's like, I'm leaving it all in the classroom now. I, he's tired every day when he comes home. But the next day he gets up and he's excited again because he's doing what he loves. He's doing what he was called to do. And every little boy, he was a teacher. Mommy, let me do it. Mommy, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah. It is. Our our purpose is so much bigger than a position, right? Yes, it, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. And, and so young people don't get don't get lost running around in circles trying mm-hmm. to do what somebody else is expecting you to do or what somebody else is say that says is important. Do yeah. you? Do you? I love that. Do you? Yes. All right. So before I let you tell the listeners how to find you and about any events or anything that you have going on, I like to ask about what I consider to be fun, right? Yes. So I love vacationing and travel. I think it's so important and very enriching, right? So can you tell us about your last vacation? What's your favorite vacation spot and where you'll be going next whenever that next happens to be? My favorite vacation spot is Hawaii. The last vacation I went on, we actually went to the beach, Orange Beach, Alabama, and we stayed at this place called The Wharf. It was like a family trip. I love scenic places and places that are walkable. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Okay. All right. So before we let you go, do you want to tell the listeners how to find you about any events that you have going on? Yes. If you would like to order some of my books, you can go to DorothyPWilson.com. And I also would love for you to spend some time, visit with my magazine. Remember I said a magazine is a person. You can find that at GCWMultimedia.com. So would love to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram at ThatMediaQueen. You can find our publication at IMGCW, IMGCW. And then, of course, we're on uh, Facebook as com, And I'm on Facebook as Dorothy Patrick Wilson. Would love to connect with you. All right. Thank you, Dorothy. I love it. I love it. And I'll also include all of those links on the webpage that holds your interview. So if anyone wants to go directly to the webpage, they can link out to all of those different places. Right. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And I want to say that I'm very proud of what you're doing. You inspire me with your podcast and it makes me want to do more in in this line, in this vein. And so congratulations on all of your achievement. Thank you. Yes, I love it. Thanks so much, Dorothy. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming and sharing with us today, being transparent and as well as teaching us. So it's been a pleasure. Same here. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of When Hers United. I hope you found this episode useful and continue to unbox yourself to be the win her you were meant to be. As always, be empowered and empower on.